0: Welcome to Two Brothers Review, the podcast. Uh, I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley. And we're going to be sharing our thoughts on the movie Phantom Thread today. Uh, Before we get into that, we want to talk about uh, kind of our genre pick of the week. And since we're reviewing Phantom Thread, we're going to talk about uh, our favorite Daniel Day-Lewis movie. Uh, I'll go first. For me, my uh, Daniel Day-Lewis movie that I really like. Uh, not just because of Daniel Day-Lewis, but sort of the whole cast and the story is Gangs of New York. Uh, I think he's very effective in it as Bob, the Butcher, but really like kind of the, the progression of uh, Leonardo DiCaprio's character in that movie. Uh, I also think very um, stylized and um, uh, a movie that I've gone back to a couple of times since first seeing it uh, because I enjoy it so much. Ty, what's your favorite Daniel Day-Lewis movie?
1: Uh, my favorite Daniel Day-Lewis movie is There Will Be Blood, which is also uh, appropriate for this week, but uh, I really, it's it's one of my favorite movies. I always say it's in my top ten anyway. Um, so, my favorite movie is unconditional on who's in it. Uh, I love how, I mean, the bowling ball scene at the end is so devastating. The colors and the Bleak, the bleakness of the world that he's creating out there in the desert um, is quite amazing, I think. And I also liked a lot of the performances. Yeah,
0: There Will Be Blood is uh, great. And I think
1: um,
0: kind of a, a peak Daniel Day-Lewis performance in my mind.
1: Yeah. I'm, yeah, I haven't seen Gangs of New York, but I'll put it on my yeah, list. Yeah, I, I think you'd like it.
0: All right, let's move on to The Phantom Thread. Just kind of outlining uh, this movie... Yeah, you know, sort of, a, Daniel Day-Lewis is uh, the temperamental kind of artisan who uh, meets a new love interest and brings her into his life and then realizes things have changed maybe more than he would have expected and shows kind of their relationship develop and move. Uh, Ty, how did you, what did you think about this movie?
1: I liked it. Uh, I was surprised how weird he was, Daniel day character was in it, and I wasn't super interested in him, or he just, I don't know, he was so uh, placid and reserved, and I didn't feel like there was a whole lot of undercurrent going on there, which I think I would have needed to be really interested in a character like that. And so I felt like uh, a little bit bored with him. But I thought there was a great twist in it cinematically, and uh, to have her, his love interest, decide to... I mean the moment when you start realizing that she's going to poison him is awesome. I thought. Right. Uh you're just like, um, "Oh my goodness, what's happening?" Although uh, yeah, another complaint I have about it is I just never I could never understand why she loved him. So that was a hard thing too, I guess for me.
0: I had that same I had that same thought um, where you know, if it's if it's just to get a better life, it kind of makes sense that she would be so into him, but I didn't see that kind of appeal until maybe you you realize at the end of the relationship, she likes to be so dependent upon. I mean, she wants to be that person in his life where he needs her to keep going.
1: Yeah, but how could he have known? How could she have known at the beginning of the relationship that that he would be that type of person? I mean, I think I think the acting in that uh, first scene when they meet each other is very interesting and one of the more interesting scenes. But I, but it also didn't quite make sense to me why they got to the flirting level, why she would have brought the note back and left it with him, like she was already on board in this way that just, for me, seemed like too much of a leap.
0: Where you think they would never have gone on that first date based on what we saw on screen.
1: Yeah. she. I mean, what mid-20s or 20s or 30-year-old woman would see him and and write him a note after the briefest of interactions where he just orders a lot of food
0: yeah I mean I don't think that makes a lot of sense I think throughout I guess moving in their relationship like why did she want to go be his like that first date where he's like well let's go back to my house and then try on dresses like I what? why wouldn't she have left then
1: (laughs) right or or when his sister shows oh, up. Oh, the sister! Oh my goodness. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I actually really liked. I really liked the sister character, uh, just because she was so creepy, and that was interesting to me. That was such a contrast to Daniel Day Lewis's character, who I thought was, um, well, I guess also creepy, but just boring. Like I already said.
0: Yeah, I I thought the sister did a great job being sort of menacing and kind of quiet. And it was so interesting coming out of the movie. Uh, my wife Remy, who saw it with me, thought the sister really liked Alma, the girl, and was trying to help her and help her have a relationship with with her husband with her brother. But that is not how I felt about it. I thought the sister really didn't like that um, she was there, didn't want her interacting with her brother. I don't know. What do you think?
1: No, I think Remy's right because she the sister even says I actually really like this one. You should be nice to her. She says that to her brother. And I think she genuinely has her best interest at heart. And she, the the girlfriend character, I can't remember her name right now, gets integrated totally into his workflow, his business, his life. And the sister manages that business. So I don't think she could have gotten that kind of access and that kind of integration without having the sister's blessing. Okay,
0: but even when she's like... I want to do a surprise for uh, Daniel Day-Lewis. And the sister's just like, no, you can't do that. And they kind of have a, I mean, a, a bit of a standoff right there where she's like, but
1: I am going to do it. Yeah, but is, is that refusal or is that um, denial of her request, is that trying to thwart her or is that actually trying to help her? Because the sister knew that Daniel Day-Lewis would hate it. And so she's actually trying to help her.
0: Man, I just felt like there was this kind of undercurrent of Anger and um, kind of distaste to have this country
1: girl in their house and in their life. No, that's so weird. Yeah, I think she genuinely uh, was a supporter of her. But but maybe it, I mean it's just a testament to her good acting that we can't decide and figure that out. Because I think I think it was her performance is great. Yeah,
0: I mean I, I liked all the scenes she was in. I thought she was very effective.
1: Yeah, I think she was genuinely supportive of the of the girlfriend and def- they had disagreements, but um, I think her, her displeasure or her disapproval of her would have come through stronger. She was a strong woman and she, I think if she really didn't want someone around, she wouldn't have, she would not have messed around. She would have got rid of her. I think for me, uh, the the thing that I loved the most about this movie was that the plot, turned on this idea that um, the main character could never be happy unless he was humbled because he was such an egoist, such a perfectionist, um, and would get into his own world and would be very selfish and would kind of forget that we as human beings are dependent on other people sometimes, or, I mean, a lot of the time. And I think it's it was just such an interesting realization that she made that she was poisoning him, not to kill him. I mean, n- not to do kind of the standard motivations that would be that would come up in a in a movie, but instead because she had this super interesting psychological psychological insight into how he ticked, and realized that this was a way to kind of take advantage of the way his mind works to get what she wanted. And I I think it was just a great commentary on on how we as human beings are our best selves when we're vulnerable so i really i really like that
0: and i think what i felt compelling or that situation is you know it happens the first time and then you know they they have this enjoyable you know they are together and she helps them recover and they, they get this connection but then it just doesn't last, right? He he builds up a barrier again. He gets separated from her. And by the time she's going to poison him the second time, I love that scene where he's just like slowly, you know, she cooks it and he's watching her. And then he gets the plate and he's looking at her and he cuts the bite and he looks up at her and he gets it on its fork. And he like finally looks at her one last time. And uh, just that sort of tension building where you realize He knows what's happening and he wants it to happen because he likes how it makes him feel with her.
1: Yeah, he realizes that he needs the help that he wants and is better off when he has this humbling.
0: Something that I thought was, I mean, a little bit hard to follow for me and a a bit confusing is sort of how they um, intercut her. Uh, I mean, eventually you figure out it's a conversation with the young doctor. Kind of through the movie where she's talking to him about Daniel Day Lewis, you know, and then you're you're seeing this before they meet, and then they have this conversation. I don't know. It just it was kind of narratively hard for me to always track where where she was, what was going
1: on. Yeah, I think that was a pretty bad choice. You you don't you when you finally figure out who she's talking to and you realize what's going on. It, you immediately have the feeling like, wait, I need to go back and hear what she said before because I didn't understand the context she said those things in, and now I would. At the time, it didn't make sense. And also, it never explains when is she saying those things to the doctor and why is she saying them to him. So I don't know. I, I thought that was... Yeah, like- it
0: left me with a lot of questions that you know maybe, you're, I think you're right, if I watched it again, I would have more clarification now, but it did not come across very clear to me. Uh, when I think, you know, what uh, Paul Thomas Anderson did with a lot of the other movie, I really kind of really enjoyed and thought visually it was it was very engaging. Um, kind of the detail and love that he shows around the dressmaking process. I like when they first are driving together and the shots of you know, right behind the car and then a little bit further back behind the car. It trades off as it just feels like you're really moving with the car through those winding English roads. Um, so, I mean, overall, I thought the movie was very uh, well-directed,
1: but just that sort of narrative choice left me a little confused. Well, it was also such a small part of it. Like, I feel like he didn't explain much and you could have taken it out pretty easily. You know, it's not like it was huge, so why even do it?
0: Yeah, I don't think it added any clarification to their relationship or her sort of view of Daniel Day Lewis at all.
1: I think the other thing that was confusing to me was the the words that were sewn into the clothes. Like, do you remember what the word was in that white dress? That she took out? Yeah.
0: I don't remember it, now that you are asking me.
1: I just I just remember thinking, okay, I don't understand why that word is in there, and what it means for the larger theme of the movie, and it, for me, that didn't come together either. Hmm. You don't remember being confused?
0: Um, I guess not specifically. It just felt like it was kind of his his tick. He liked feeling like part of the dress was still unique to him. No one else knew what he put what it was putting in there. Um, like he could leave a piece of himself with the dress.
1: Yeah, but if you make a... Yes, I agree, and I think that's true. But if you make a choice where you're putting and showing an actual word it seems like you wouldn't want to do that superfluously and you'd want to have a really thematically related reason for doing that.
0: Yeah, I, I guess kind of the, my counterexample is, did you see the movie Ghost Story? Uh, yeah, they don't
1: ever show what was written on the note. It made me so mad. So
0: is that is that better or is seeing a word that doesn't totally fit into the narrative
1: better? Are anchovies better or tuna? You could have other things for lunch, yeah, I wouldn't you know? choose either of those. Exactly. That's my point. <laughs> uh, yeah. Okay. You it's the both 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 have problems. I don't. Ghost story made me so mad. I walked out of the theater really upset.
0: Oh, interesting. I just watched that and I liked it. Okay. Well, back yeah back to um, Phantom Thread. How would you have handled that? Or would you have picked a different word? Is there something that would have worked better for you there?
1: Well, yeah. I mean, directing and writing and making a film. It's all about leaving clues. And you decide how many clues, how many breadcrumbs you want to leave, how far apart they're spaced. A director has every right to choose to make it very hard to understand and hard to connect the dots. But I think you just – in my mind, a good director balances it. So you have to do a lot of work, but you also get the satisfaction of having that thing – come full circle in the film like if it if it had been a word that was uh, that obviously said something about his opinion of her i think that would have been a lot more satisfying
0: what if it had said mushroom i think and she would have known that's
1: what he wanted yeah that's a little on the nose but yes that's <laughs> that's it <laughs> i agree okay no it's hard it's a super hard balance because you, yeah you don't want to make it so obvious um you want to surprise people and you want to have them kind of see it and have to, and have a realization three seconds later that where they're like, Oh, and that's, that's very satisfying.
0: I, I wish we could remember the word so that there was a little bit more context. Cause I just can't remember if I, I, I didn't feel that frustration, I guess, when I saw it, but I understand that want of something more satisfying to be part of the kind of narrative and tie it together better. Uh, are there any other things you wanted to make sure we talked about with the directing in this movie?
1: Um, I really got me thinking about the director and I watched punch drunk love this week just to see if I could see similarities between what he did and phantom threat and what he's done in previous films. And I really liked that film a lot. I was sorry. I missed it when it came out. I would have, uh, you yeah, said you'd seen it. A while.
0: Right? I can only really remember the pudding cups and the plungers
1: Really? That's yeah. all you can remember from it? Those are those are good details. <laughs> um yeah, he's it's just so it's so unclean. It's so n- not tied together well. And in this amazing way, I would say, where I think I read it was a romantic comedy, but it's not a romantic comedy. It's like a it's like a romantic comedy that got put in a blender or left in the sun and warped. And I just thought it was unlike any movie I'd seen. So I really What did that, that make
0: you think about Phantom Thread? Has he become more refined or was it a continuation of that?
1: I think you could see the really strange plot twist where she starts poisoning him. And then the second really strange plot twist where he knows it and likes it and wants it. As I think you could see that, a precursor of that in the film. Because the two people that fall in love in the movie uh, Punch Drunk Love are very weird like they really bond over over saying kind of violent things they want to do to each other like chew off their face and you know that's a it's a very strange scene where they finally get together so i think yeah it, they're definitely shades of he must have a different or a, he has a very creative or maybe unique experience with love he has this perspective on it that's kind of strange i would say
0: yeah i think he I don't know, must have this idea of what attracts people to each other or why they stay together. That's uh, different from maybe most people, but uh, offers some insight into how relationships might work more than they are actual, often portrayed in movies and television.
1: Yeah, it's like a heightened version of what normal people experience, I would say. So there's a lot of truth in it, but it's just exaggerated. Yeah, I think that's a good point.
0: What uh, did you Google as
1: you came out of this movie? I Googled the actress, Vicky Creeps, who uh, was the girlfriend and eventual wife. I just thought she was really good and interesting, and I'd never seen her in anything. And I wanted to see how she got the part and what she's done. And she's a, she's from Luxembourg and grew up with hippies and as parents and then was doing a lot of movies and plays in Berlin, I guess. That's where she lives, so... Paul Thomas Anderson just happened to see her in a film in a German film. He said so he saw just by chance, he said, and liked her enough and brought her in. And then she the the scene where she meets Daniel Day-Lewis in the film was the day they actually met. In that scene they actually meet in that scene. She had never talked to him before then.
0: Oh, interesting. Has she done other uh, US movies or any other English language movies that people might have seen?
1: No, I don't think so, if I remember do right. Do you
0: know, coming out of this, has she gotten other movie options? Like, will she start being someone you we see more in in movies, do you think?
1: Uh, I don't remember reading about that either, but I would, yeah, I would be surprised if she didn't get more jobs. She sounds like, if you read what she says, I mean, I didn't watch any video clips of her being interviewed, but in the interview in print, she seems like the kind of person who does not care about hollywood stardom and thinks it's all silly and i I think she said something like i don't want to move to america i want to keep working in europe it's better
0: that hippie upbringing coming through
1: yeah like i'm not gonna be part of the establishment uh
0: did she not meet daniel day lewis before that scene because i mean do you think that's because daniel day lewis does his method acting and didn't want to meet her
1: yes that's definitely why he insisted that she, don't, she did not meet him, and so she said she had to hide on set sometimes because she really wanted to respect his wishes. And, <laughs> and, he would, and he, she, knew, she would know that he was about to walk by, so she'd go and hide in a bush.
0: It seems so sort of demanding, or just an interesting way to choose to be an actor. I don't know, what do you think about uh, Dale Day-Lewis method acting, sort of famed style?
1: Yeah, it is – when you hear stories like the one that I just told, it, it just makes you think, oh, man, I'm not sure that uh, that, that this is really necessary. But, he, I, I mean, it, I think it probably makes his job easier from my limited experience acting. The more you can sit in and stay in character, uh, the less work you have to do. It's a lot of work to go from being yourself into being the character – And so, I I don't know. I guess as I think about it, it's like it seems a little bit lazy, but maybe that's the wrong word. Maybe it's more like he's just being an efficient actor. He doesn't want to put in that work over and over again every day, and so he's just going to stay get into character once and stay in it. And, I mean, obviously it works for him. He's very famous for it and has a great career.
0: Yeah, and I think it probably helps him, I don't know portray how a person would be feeling and thinking and really kind of bring emotion to a role that you know maybe for him would be hard to do in a, in another way. I mean I read that he studied how to be a dressmaker and I think you see in one of the scenes a close up of his hands and there are little you know scars and where where the needle had poked his thumb that is reflected in that
1: yeah I think he spent a year or something right working at a dress shop. That's yeah, really I mean
0: it's dedication, and if you're only doing a couple of movies a decade, I think it's good to do that kind of preparation.
1: Those scars could have been from his years working as a cobbler's assistant in Italy.
0: I did not know he did that,
1: yeah, he took a break from acting I think in the aughts, maybe ten years ago and worked just learned how to make shoes from a guy in, with a guy in Italy <laughs> just for fun, not for a movie. I guess if you have a passion, you have a passion, yeah, I think he's a big he's a big craftsman, I think he likes- car- carpentry a lot too so i'm i'm i and I think he was happy to learn how to do dresses, That's cool. but he also said this is his last movie, yeah, I do know that. that and and that he got incredibly sad making it on set, just devastatingly sad, and so he could he felt like he couldn't go through that again for another role, hmm. which I can see he just needs he to do a
0: romantic that. comedy, they're happier. Yeah.
1: (laughs) Um, What other things
0: about uh, Phantom Thread did you like or dislike that we haven't covered yet?
1: No, I mean, I I think that's about it I I really liked the themes, I really liked the acting of the women I really liked the stillness of it, the, the thoughtfulness of it And I had a hard time with sort of not believing it And also being a little bored with him Those were my main thoughts all right, well, let's talk about kind of rankings for uh, the
0: Phantom Thread. Where would you place this out of five?
1: I wanted to give Phantom Thread a three. And I feel like it's a pretty solid three.
0: I'm going to give it a four. Um, I liked kind of how the story moved, and it just cha- I liked how it challenged the way I thought about things or made me think about uh, relationships. So I'm going to go with a four. Okay, that's fair. Uh, Before we close out um, this this episode, do you want to give us another uh, recommendation for a
1: piece of pop culture, book, TV, another movie? Uh, The one one thing that I was going to talk about was I watched the Jim and Andy, um, the Great Beyond documentary on Netflix. I haven't, but I've
0: uh, read about it a little bit.
1: Yeah, I feel like a lot of people are talking about it and uh, a lot of my actor friends have talked about it. And... I, I I think it's an amazing documentary, uh, very interesting, and I guess also to the point of method acting and um, staying in character. It talks about how Jim Carrey was a nightmare on the set of Man on the Moon because he wouldn't come out of character out of the character of Charlie Kaufman, <laughs> and it 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 um, switches between footage from the set of making that film with an interview with Jim Carrey now, and he's. Just very crazy. I don't know. I, he if, I, if you listen to Jim Carrey talk now, he seems crazy. But also, I think he must be a genius. And there's such an interesting fine line between those two things in this film. So, I'd highly okay. recommend it.
0: I'll, I'll add that one to my list. Uh, for me, I want to recommend a book I've been reading um, called Mindset. And it's... Um, kind of a sociology book about or maybe a psychology book about uh, growth mindset versus a fixed mindset. It's kind of like, so like the belief that uh, with effort you can improve in kind of a characteristic or attribute. Um, and I think maybe the most kind of clear example is if you talk to people about math, a lot of people say, oh, I'm just not good at math. And that's a, an example of a fixed mindset where a growth mindset person would say, uh, I'm not good at math right now, but I, if I put in effort, I could be better at math.
1: Yeah. Okay. Okay. But here's the question. Uh, can you choose which mindset you
0: have? Uh, so this the author of this book says, learning the principle of a mindset even will let people, or will have people start thinking more in a growth mindset way. I, I've noticed it in my life where I recognize how I have a fixed mindset mindset and it's not even that you're all fixed mindset or all growth mindset. Like maybe you're, you have a fixed mindset in your musical ability, but a growth mindset in your ability to be humble or to be kind to other people. I mean, it's just like, you can have a different mindset about all aspects of your life.
1: Yeah. I, I use that stuff. Um, I haven't read that book, but I use the principle of mind of mindsets in some of my research with people in Um, developing countries that get loans and that need to learn new business skills. So I think it's interesting So I'm trying
0: to have a growth mindset about my mindset.
1: Yeah, well, but it just seems like if you have a growth mindset, then when you learn about growth mindset, it's going to help you. But if you have a fixed mindset, when you learn about growth mindsets, you're going to be stuck still. Unless
0: you want to change. I think knowing you can change, learning you can change, and not just thinking, I am the way I am, will help people change, I think. Otherwise, what's the point of doing life?
1: That's such a good question, Reed. That's one we're all struggling with. I'm serious. Uh, I'm, not being, I'm not being facetious. Yeah, it, I don't know. You, you would hope you can change and grow? I, I think we can. I think we can, too, but some people get stuck, and even I get stuck at different times mm-hmm. in my life. I think you
0: should try to check this book out, then, if you want to cool. learn a little bit more about this principle and see how it could affect other parts of your life that you haven't used a growth mindset in
1: yet. I think someone who has a growth mindset would definitely listen to this podcast. (laughs) And we're glad you did today.
0: Yeah. um, So this has been Two Brothers Review a Podcast. Uh, We reviewed The Phantom Thread.
1: Uh, I'm Reed Turley. And I'm Ty Turley. Unless something changes soon. (laughs) Thanks
0: for listening.